Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are talking about Jessica Jones Season 1, Episode 6, a.k.a. You're a Winner, which originally premiered on November 20th, 2015. Yay! I'm a winner. Okay. Um, And as usual, here's our IMDb summary. Luke hires Jessica to help him find someone who may have skipped town, but she fears he'll learn too much about her history in the process. No! (gasps) So, yeah. I mean, you must really hate these episodes because they're flashbacks in the last episode and this episode. We all know how much you hate flashbacks. Yeah, they're continual flashbacks, too. They're like... (laughs) Like throughout the the episode, we flash back more and more. Like, uh, you don't it just 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 tell us the whole story. It's <laughs> uh, Jessica already knows it. She's remembering it all. Like, why not just yeah. get us on the same level, so that way we can appreciate the story, I guess, more. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, but we do that, then we'll have an episode prequel of Jessica Jones being controlled, which is. Not awesome. <laughs> no, but can you imagine that be, have being the first episode of the series, and realizing just how horrible Kilgrave is, and then you know at the end of the episode that's when she gets away, and then the rest of the season is like you know eighteen months later and all that stuff, or however many months later, and yeah. all that. Uh, how would you feel if like instead of episode seven or whatever, I'm just put an arbitrary number the whole episode was a flashback and we didn't get any other backstory until then oh i could live with that okay yeah. i mean maybe a little bit of backstory but uh you know just a couple I mean, of things yeah. but you know. no other flashbacks maybe like we'll get them saying the backstory but then we'll find out the whole truth later <gasps> oh yeah because that's not you know a whole separate thing right that's like that's like when simmons was on the other planet and mm-hmm. we got a whole episode of her being on the other planet. We didn't have to get like a bunch of flashbacks or anything. We we got the whole story in one go. It it was perfect. That's true. And that was a really good episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. So Jessica Jones on another planet. That's what we need. Perfect. I'm in. I want to see this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Into the actual show cuz none of that actually happened. I mean, I guess the Simmons part happened, but not on this show. Mhm. Oh. We'll start off with our best buddy, Mr. Kilgrave. We see Kilgrave playing high-stakes poker, and he makes everyone fold and wins about a million dollars. When one of the players tries to stop him from leaving, he tells the guy to put his head through the post. Later, we see Kilgrave looking for a house in a very loud restaurant and receiving his daily photo from Jessica. The next day, Kilgrave buys a house with his cash winnings without using his powers. At the end of the episode, it's revealed that Kilgrave has brought Jessica, bought Jessica's childhood home. <gasps> dun dun dun. Yeah. So Kilgrave gambling is like mm-hmm. a kid with cheat codes in a video game. <laughs> like you're not really trying. You're just kind of, yay! I can do this thing. Woo. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, this is better than just walking into a bank. Because there are no records of this. I'm assuming a mafia um, poker game. I couldn't tell. Um, I mean, maybe it's that. Maybe they run it. But I I didn't assume that all of the people in there were mob related. Yeah. 
I kind of did. But, I mean, it's just a feeling. Well-dressed people with lots of money. That's true. Um, if it were, like, Mafia, I would have assumed more guards with guns. And I don't think we saw any. Yeah. It's true. Like, I'm, I'm sure there were security somewhere, but just not heavy. Yeah. Hey, I was wondering, though, um, assuming these are powerful people, I've put mob in my um, notes, but assuming they're powerful people, when these effects wear off, when Kilgrave's effects wear off in like 10 to 12 hours, is he screwed? Will someone like try to kill him? Probably, yeah. Is that Actually, that's probably another that reason he has, he has bodyguards? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, yeah. Because if he if he's regularly doing this to some people, then yeah, over time, over decades, however old he is, um, yeah, he's he definitely has a, a list of enemies. Huh. Yeah, although who, who I will wonder after him, I wonder how often he does this because he he legitimately he tries to legitimately buy the house like without controlling somebody, ruining their lives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. But usually he'll just control people to do whatever he wants. So does he usually pay for anything? I guess not. Um, we didn't talk about it last week, but um, there was the scene where he was looking at some magazines and he he took a few and the, the guy who ran the magazine stand told him, hey, you have to pay for them or something. And oh, yeah. uh, Kilgrave just told him to put the hot coffee in his face and he walked away. I mean, and that was just sadistic because Kilgrave just said, no, you're letting me take these. And just walked away. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, um, also, I like how in his mind, not using his powers to buy a house means not using it at that moment in time. Getting the money, however, from basically being given the money uh, is uh, is technically not using his powers. Yeah, and, you know, um, probably compelling the real estate lawyer to drew up the contract probably compelled him as well yeah probably you're right uh-huh. <laughs> it's probably a bunch of other things related to to this whole i've never bought a house so i don't know how many people you have to talk to but um well yeah, i mean right. my dad's a real estate a real estate agent or a realtor there's a difference he's a realtor because he's got oh. like part of the union anyway He'd be mad if I called him a real estate agent. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> he doesn't I didn't know there was this, a difference. So I don't know why I'm going on about this. But anyway, um, my dad's a realtor. And it's like, he, Kilgrave doesn't need a realtor because of how he's buying it. He doesn't need any of the loan officers because he, he's buying it cash. He doesn't need an appraiser because he already knows how much the house needs. He doesn't need anything except for that lawyer. So... Yeah, I don't think he had to compel too many. I think after he compelled the lawyer and got the money, he doesn't have to really compel anyone else. Okay. He he may have actually paid the lawyer. Like, that money could have just come out of the the money bag. Like that's, that's possible, right? It's possible. I mean, I doubt it, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess he did technically use his powers on the previous homeowner at the end. When uh, after the sale had gone through, he was like, "All right, I'm I'm tired of listening to you talk. Just just leave. Get out of here." Yes, but the important thing, he didn't ruin this guy's a life by just stealing his house. He gave him twice as much as the house was worth. 
<laughs> and, and and I love how that guy said it too. Um, the direct quote: "You can buy two houses with this kind of money." Um, that's way better math than you and I do usually. <laughs> well, honestly, I would think, or you could buy one really awesome house with this type of money. Uh huh. <laughs> but but no, that guy goes directly to the "you can buy two. <laughs> which you know this guy did now. Yeah. <laughs> Or he bought one really nice house. No, he's still thinking about two houses. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Unless someone gave him the idea to buy three. Mm. I don't I don't know if you can get three for that much. Well, you can. But... It's just worse houses. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know real estate in upstate New York, but in California, where we have terrible prices, um, like you can buy two houses for that much. Or you can buy, like, seven houses in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And uh, if you ever watch something like House Hunters, you can easily see the the difference there of of the houses. Again, um, because we've cut the cord here, I don't have cable. And when I lived with my parents back in the day, my dad didn't want to watch House Hunters because it's just him watching work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, so i never really watched that show oh okay <laughs> there there was this point like when and this was like six years ago um where i i didn't have cable for like a year i was like oh i want to cut the cord then then i Wait, moved in with I my feel like you're too early <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um i it, it was actually it was a little early like it's way easier now um mm-hmm. But uh, but back then, so at the time that I like had just moved in with my now wife, and so we she convinced me to to get cable anyway. So because it was like renew to me, uh, that's when I was trying different shows, and for some reason that's when I ended up. Well, we both ended up on this like binge watching House Hunters for some reason. Like that was the, we just watched that like, <laughs> every day for a month, and um. Yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, <laughs> basically the complete opposite of you. You having not watched any of it, me having watched a ton of that within that one month, and then now I'll watch them every so often. I, To be fair, I have watched one episode of House Hunters when I lived with my parents, because my dad knew one of the realtors on House Hunters, so we watched that episode. Oh, was it the one in Sacramento? <laughs> uh, most likely. If there's only been one episode in Sacramento, it was probably that one. <laughs> I I've only seen one. There might have been more. Um so fun fact, something I, I noticed with the uh, house hunters once. Um you can sometimes guess which house they buy beforehand, uh, because it's the one where the address is blurred out, where the numbers are aren't aren't there. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's all so um no, I'm just saying, so they're like people who will eventually buy these other two houses and they don't care about them? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, all the houses, like you can find an address to any house. It's just who lives there. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird privacy things too, right? Like you don't want to just go around telling everyone your address, but at the same time, every address has an occupant. So it's like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. But what if I went over there and just like, wow, that is a really nice uh, font for the numbers on their address. And I want to go there and steal it. And I can, because I know the address. That I is think true. Of a really, 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 anyway. <laughs> uh, 
I don't think they say the street number always, some, or this name, the street name. But all right, anyway, you're you're right. We we've uh, tangented House, too much here. House Hunters <laughs> Rewind. Ooh. So on um, the scene where uh, Kilgrave is in the really loud restaurant, he tells everyone to be quiet, and they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the whole thing with Trish talk and um, Hope going on, don't you think uh, like a giant display of your powers is a bad idea? Is, is there, there's bound to be at least one Trish talk person in there. Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, although in this scenario, he's not telling them to do something horrible, right? I mean, some people in there are probably people who love talking. And as a result, they're like, it's, it's most likely going to freak them out, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not enough to, you know, add to a lawsuit or some sort of thing, but, uh, you're right. It's definitely, I'm sorry. I couldn't finish up. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say, um, you're right. It's it's definitely more attention to him, like more people, more more chances of more people believing that he exists. Yeah, that that was my point. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to sue unless there someone's on the phone and just like life or death situation, and now they can't talk. Oh, yeah. But hopefully, so, they went outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they did. Or then again, maybe they went outside. They still couldn't talk. Uh-huh. Ooh, I think so. I think like for twelve hours they can't talk, or until the power wears off. Because he's not specific. Oh man! Yeah, you're right. There's there's just an assumption, I guess. Maybe maybe some people assume, oh, only quiet while he's around. Yeah, I don't know. I see. We don't know the leeway. Yeah. Of That's... how his powers really work. Yeah, that's true. We we kind of had that debate a couple of weeks ago, right? Where we were wondering how much of it is an assumption of what he says versus, like, what he means by what he says. That's yeah, that's a whole thing. So when he used his power there in the room, he said quiet to everyone. That also, it, it got really quiet, which also means, like, the kitchen was quiet when they were cooking and all that stuff, too, right? So did they hear? I mean, there's no way they actually heard him say that, because it's... I mean, it's super loud. There's a door in the way. Yeah, I mean, it would have gotten quieter, but it wouldn't have been as silent as that with the amount of noise they were making in the restaurant. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. All right, so maybe they don't actually need to hear him. Well, yeah, I mean, we know that he can't control people over the phone, so. That's true, but that could also be a distance thing. Yeah. Well, I was my thing is sound isn't as important as proximity. Oh, okay, gotcha. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, that make, that makes sense. Huh. Well, okay. I mean, then it's like if he just thinks it, do people do what he wants? Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Yeah. So. All right. I I remember that later in the season we get more of a technical description of his powers and how they work. Yeah. So I guess I think we're I guess we'll just keep asking these the questions until then. What was yeah. that? I think we're both thinking of the same scene actually, <laughs> but <laughs> we neither of gotcha. us can talk about it. All right. All right. That's fair. We gotta we gotta keep to our rules for the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, last thing is, um, I love how difficult it is for him not to use his powers on the guy whose home he's buying. 
<laughs> yeah, because that's just his normal way of speaking, like in commands. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and right. he he almost slipped up. I I wonder if he like practiced ahead of time. Like, did he go up to someone else before? Like, did he try to buy their house first and like tried like went through it like a role playing sort of scenario to awesome. see if it would work? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think if the guy just flat out denied after $1.2 million, he would have used his powers. But he's going to try to do it nice. Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, the last thing I just want to mention, um, they don't say it in this episode, um, but uh, Kilgrave was very specific about wanting those people moved out of the house by the next day, the next afternoon, I guess. Um so that'll be something to look forward to next week, I guess. Uh, I haven't watched next week's episode yet. but uh, well, Like what? Because he moves in. The guy's already moved out at the end of this episode. Yeah, exactly. So Kilgrave moves in and just... I, I don't remember why he very explicitly wanted the guy out so fast. And the, and oh. the family out so fast. Okay. Um, I'm assuming there's a reason. Uh, but I don't remember everything. So just wanted to point that out like as a reminder that that's a thing. Fair. Okay. Yep, that's it. We'll move on. Uh-huh. So this this part with this evil, evil psychic mind-controlling man. He's not psychic. Just mind-controlling man. It's positively lighthearted compared to our next section. Ugh. All right. And, and the rest of the series? Well, yeah. But <laughs> this, this next storyline in particular. Oh, oh, okay. Hogarth calls Jessica to tell her about an attack on Hope from last episode. The attacker says that Hope paid for her beating, and Hope admits that she did ask for the beating to cause a miscarriage because Hope is carrying Kilgrave's child. The next day, Jessica gives Hope a pill that will cause her to lose Kilgrave's spawn. She promises to get Hogarth's wife to sign the divorce papers if she stays with Hope. After Jessica leaves, Hogarth pays the nurse to recover any remains of of the abortion. So, yeah. This is a dark one. (laughs) I like how you uh, you put the nice, uplifting divorce related stuff in with this. Uh, the well, this the other part, part of the storyline. Yeah. It's the only part that really has to do with Hogarth, and then the Hogarth is part of the second half of the storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm gonna put all the sad stuff all in the one nice ball, so we can take it like a pill and just be done mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Ah, similar to what Hope did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. no, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I didn't have anything. I was just going to jump back into the story. Um, I didn't really know where to start. I was hoping you would say some things and I would jump in like normal. Um, I'm really bad about doing that sometimes. I'm assuming you've noticed. Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, we've only been doing this for like two years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm more like awkwardly dancing around the actual plot and politics of this. But Yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is as like as important. Unfortunately, it's as important now as it was four years ago when it was made. Like, especially with the abortion things happening in politics right now, where they're trying to like, curtail all this stuff. Um, I, yeah, this is just commentary on a right of a victim to remove a baby. I don't want to get to all this stuff because it's like a hot button issue. 
Yeah, so, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I was debating, like, oh, do we have to bring that up, or should we? I mean, we, we really should. Better, it is something yeah. worth talking about. <laughs> but yeah, it's also, this is true. a comic book show, and there's two guys who don't have a right to talk about it anyway, making <laughs> commentary on yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not something that affects us nearly as much, and uh, I don't, I don't want to act like an authority on the subject in any way um because i sure as hell am not um but i'm, I'm actually oh. a little curious um yeah so hope like okay so she's gone through all of this horrible crap and she i mean the, the way she describes having the baby and you know there um like uh, I, i'm trying to remember the words that she uses but basically she can feel it growing and that kind of stuff and uh, just sick that that he's there or um i wonder as a character like what she was like before like would she have been uh was she pro or against uh, abortion before like all of this happened I'm, I'm curious if that like was a big change to her or not or not and you know we'll never know and i don't really care but i'm just kind of curious if that's one of those things that um <clears throat> Uh, affected the the character and, and her choice on that. Yeah, I I feel like the situation like this, um, even if you were against at one point, it's very different when it happens to you. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Jessica acts very Captain America in this section when she says she'll dangle Hogarth's wife over a ledge to get her to sign the papers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Captain America does when her soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which i believe jessica would be much more threatening to do that yeah because she's probably actually done that in the past that, that was oh, like yeah one of the first few times i'm sure that cap did it because he did that to sit well right yep okay yeah and then uh the last thing is like um hogarth is also pretty evil She's going to take the remains of the fetus to either clone it or do something to get Kilgrave's powers, I think is her plan. Yeah, I don't remember um, at all. Like, I, I don't remember that, that she even wanted that. Um, are you going off of memory or are you? Yeah, uh, well, well, no, I, I I'm guessing I, I don't. I don't think anything comes of it spoilers but i might be completely wrong because i don't remember what happens i feel like if they cloned Kilgrave, i would remember that just saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm yeah that's true that would definitely be a memorable thing um <laughs> the the only good thing i can think of that hogarth is uh is trying to gain out of this if she was trying to gain it out of out of the situation would be to prove that the fetus belongs to uh, Kilgrave if they can ever get him like from a DNA test or something. That's the only scenario I could believe or I could think of where Hogarth is doing a good act with that. Yeah, but you can do it from just a cell from the abortion of the fetus. You don't uh, need okay. all the remains. Or maybe not cell, but with a small sample. You don't need the whole all the remains. And she wants as much as you can get. Gotcha. Yeah, and yeah, this is definitely a cloning situation here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to move far, far away from this section? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. But first, 
I think we should take a quick break to uh, to talk about our uh, our ad sponsor this week. You, okay, uh, I'm you just I'm just coming? warning you about our sponsor this week. Tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe I should have waited for another section. Eh, it's all right. I think uh, I think this is actually a little bit lighthearted. This is good. Okay. Um, some good news for some people. I think people can actually get some good out of out of uh, this week's sponsor. So this week's sponsor is Guaranteed House Loans. So do you, uh, dear listener, do you need to buy a house soon? And do you need to guarantee for a fact that it will be yours? If you answered yes to both of those questions, or one, or none, depending on the <laughs> scenarios, you might be interested in the services offered by Quick Buy Loans. That's right, Quick Buy Loans, the one and only company that can loan you enough money to guarantee you'll, you'll get the home of your needs or your special someone's dreams. Imagine having the money to buy two or even three houses. That's crazy, right? Tony? What would you do if you had that kind of money? I would buy two or even three houses. Or one Exactly. Big house. You would buy the house of your dreams at a 2x markup. All right, listeners. If you want to own your dream home, even though someone else already owns it, call Guaranteed House Loans. There's no guarantee you'll get a loan. But if you do get one, you're guaranteed the home of your dreams. Start the process uh online right now on twitter using hashtag my guaranteed home along with all of your application info like your phone number address driver's license number etc if you tell them mcu rewind sent you they'll make sure to give you enough money for a for a guaranteed hermetically sealed room <laughs> all right so all right thank you very much guaranteed house loans thank you guaranteed house loans oh, isn't it quick buy quick buy loans yeah, I realized that halfway through that we uh, changed the name accidentally. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that won't be a problem. We'll still get paid the exact amount of money we would have gotten paid otherwise. All exactly, right. exactly. <clears throat> so, the next part. Malcolm and Jessica are discussing how Kilgrave's powers work. Malcolm is using this as a kind of therapy, but Jessica just wants information to, on how to find Kilgrave. Later, we see Malcolm at the support group, questioning if he has always been an addict deep down inside. So, um, my the one part I really want to talk about this is Malcolm says that he knows Kilgrave's powers aren't magic, the same way he knows that elves don't exist. <laughs> we know this takes place after Avengers. But I'm assuming now that it takes place before the Thor of the Dark World, because then they find out the elves do exist. <laughs> that That is true. Um, but at the same time, do they know that they're elves? Like, do, do, like, how much does the rest of the world actually end up learning about this? Because that's something we never really find out, right? Do, do we ever find out that, what were they, dark elves that, that attacked? Did, did they get all of that information? Well, or I'm, how much of I'm, that is also even shielded from the rest of the world, too? Yeah, I mean, some of it is, but some of them has been recorded and uploaded online. And um, Thor goes back to Earth at the end of Thor the Dark World, and he's got a big mouth. <laughs> he just talks <laughs> about magic and Asgardians and stuff, and he's a celebrity. So I'm I'm betting some of that has gotten out. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's definitely true. Also... I mean, this is the scene where Malcolm is saying that magic doesn't exist. And that one, we've, we're pretty sure the world probably has a general assumption about magic existing if we're going with the same concept of 
Thor talking about stuff. I mean, if he's going to talk about elves, he'll he's definitely talked about magic because that's in more of his world. Yeah, I mean, they call it magic. We call it science. But he comes from a world uh, where they're one and the same, as he says in that terrible monologue where he disproves magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the only other part for this with Malcolm is just like, it's is really believable that after being influenced by Kilgrim's powers, you question to see if you really wanted to do it because people aren't used to losing their free will. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's true. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, with, with his response or with his statement of, you know, not being sure if he's always been, uh, an addict. Um, did he say he's had other drugs before? Um, I don't, I don't think he said i mean he, he can't really know for sure right no because to be fair heroin is a hell of a drug i'm told <laughs> yeah i was thinking the exact same thing when you as soon as you said heroin yeah um and i'm, I'm assuming he was a heroin addict was, was that right or was it something else i think it was heroin. i think they said it at some point i mean i'm not too educated in drugs but i think that was heroin Okay, got it. There was a needle. I think that's usually how that one works. I don't really know. Or it's the flu shot. <laughs> eh, Alright. I don't know how flu shots work either. Alright, you ready for the last section of this episode? Oh, ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Let's Just see how many times ready, I s- to be fair. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see how many times I stumble over this extremely long section. Good luck. Luke hires Jessica to find someone. Jessica tries to brush him off, but he wants her to do the... See, I already did it. Tries to brush him (laughs) off, but he wants her to do the investigating. Uh, He wants her to find a guy named Antoine Greer for his sister. He went missing after taking money from a loan shark named Cirques. She reluctantly takes the job. The next day, she checks uh, out his home, only to find Luke already there. She deduces that he hasn't been kidnapped because he took his toothbrush. She also uh, calls him and uh, leaves a message saying that he won a prize, like the title of the episode. As they are leaving, Cirque catches them outside Antoine's apartment. To get them out of the fight, Luke makes a deal with An- to find Antoine for Cirque. Th- when Luke uh, drops Jessica off at her apartment, Malcolm approaches him to see if he's been killgraved. That night, Luke comes to Jessica's door and tells him he's been filled in on the Kilgrave situation. They sleep together. The next morning, an Antoine imposter calls to claim the prize and give her an address. After the call, Luke tells Jessica that uh, he is trying to save Antoine because his sister has information about his wife's death. In a flashback, we see the night that Jessica dug up a thumb drive and killed Riva, Luke's wife. Later, they follow the Antoine imposter to an empty warehouse that seems... Side note, there seems to be a lot of empty warehouses in Hell's Kitchen. Anyway. <laughs> it turns out to be a growing house for pot. Luke takes care of the attack dogs and she, as she finds Antoine, who's growing the weed. Before they leave the warehouse, Cirques and his men arrive. Luke and Jessica fight them and Jessica takes Antoine out of the warehouse before the fight is over. Jessica returns Antoine to his sister with Luke close behind. Luke receives the file that tells him that the bus driver was drunk, but is still driving. Luke goes to kill the bus driver, and Jessica stops him by telling her, telling him that Luke... Uh, damn it. 
<laughs> Jessica stops him by telling Luke that it was she who killed his wife. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. That was that was quite a, a summary. I I thought you were done like three or four times because I I kept forgetting also that oh yeah there's more. Yeah, there's, there's always more. <laughs> so we'll start off with uh, Malcolm threatening to kick Luke's ass. <laughs> Poor little yeah, old junkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that would have worked out so well. Yeah. I first of all, I feel like I'd like to see that for like the hilarity of it, but it would just be mm-hmm. one punch and Malcolm's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I I will give that uh, you know Malcolm is starting to be a, a good guy, sort of thing, right? He's going back to um, what we kind of assume he was like before Kilgrave, um, back when he was the Red Power Ranger. So, you know, the nice chivalrous kind of guy. (laughs) I feel like this might be offensive to any Power Rangers listening right now. This might be the real um, trajectory of a Power Ranger. It's like you're a good guy and you get into drugs for a while. And then you come back and do cameos in Power Rangers movies and probably charity work or Comic-Con appearances. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. You you have... uh... Jason David Frank, the original Green Power Ranger, who like started his own dojo and makes a ton of money off of uh, basically, sh- you know, shilling out the fact that he was a Power Ranger. Um, you have a couple of those Power Rangers who basically go to like a bunch of cons, like Comic Con and other things, because um, I've seen them at a few things. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and you've got this. Actually, I-, I will say there were like two. People uh, other than I forget the actor's name who plays Malcolm, uh, but there are like two other people who've gone on to actually do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know their names, but I, I remember who they were. But yeah, that's yeah. For the most part, that's that's pretty much it. So as a kid, I watched the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. To date, other than the movie, the 2017 movie we saw together, that may be the only Power Rangers I've seen. Um, if I understand correctly because i didn't realize this when i was like five and six and seven when i was watching it mm-hmm. that all the fighting parts is from super sentai like the japanese show right yes at least in the original so the guy who was the original green ranger wasn't even the fighter but he has a dojo right yeah so he was so he was the <laughs> actor who played yes. tommy the yep, american exactly. version and yeah and, and when they did like any of that fighting yeah that was all the Japanese. basically just yeah the the copy paste work of what they took from that um and it's it's still super sentai like that's okay. how that that works it's um like so they still wanted... have all of that action done in the original show in, in japan and then yeah uh-huh. i just want to make sure that the the man who has a dojo because he was green ranger never actually fought as the green ranger that is true. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just, just establishing that. Fair. So really, if he went to fight a real ninja, it would be like Malcolm fighting Luke Cage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that would okay. probably be a, a great comparison right there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, 
Luke uh, goes and, you know, offers Jessica money to find, um, find Antoine. And Jessica recommends another uh, private eye, Miss Angela Del Toro. And do you know who Angela Del Toro is, Al? I do not. She is the fourth White Tiger in the comics, who is a superhero I barely know of. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. But yeah, in the comics, she's a super martial artist uh, who gets her powers from a small statue from Kun Loon, which might show up in future Marvel properties. Oh, that's good to know. The statue or Kun Loon? Uh, definitely Kun Loon, possibly the statue. I mean, there are Easter eggs everywhere. So, all right, that's true. Okay, we'll we'll keep our eyes out then. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like this might have been like if the Netflix shows continued, this was maybe part of the plan to get another spinoff by having her in it, or maybe like season three of Iron Fist, which we'll never get. <laughs> uh, right when it was getting interesting yeah okay yeah, i know right uh, i really did like season two it's just season one that's going to depress me <laughs> that's fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. i was yeah <laughs> no you're, you're I, was, I was wondering if uh luke caring for this missing before i watched the rest of this episode and realized why what his motivations were I thought this was like Luke's first steps towards being the hero of Harlem that we see in his show. It's just like him just caring about a kid who went missing. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but I, I didn't remember it being that. I, I figured there had to be something else, but yeah, it's exact same thought. Like he was just trying to be the nice guy doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh, so yeah, they, um, do you have anything else for, uh, them like going to his apartment and stuff like that for the first time? Um, oh, going to the apartment and like uh, going through his stuff and all that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like every time we see Jessica like do that PI type of stuff. Cause mm -hmm. it's, it's such a big part of her character. We don't really see a lot of it. Um, we don't see her like doing that stuff very often, which to be fair, it's because a lot of that is the boring stuff, right? Like she's on a computer looking stuff up and you can only show so much of that <laughs> and having an interesting show. Uh, but you know, she had the, the great idea to, uh, or I guess a normal idea for her to uh, uh, try and get him to uh, claim a prize that he won, that he never entered for, because apparently that works more often than you would think. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite parts is when she calls and asks like a, a preppy, happy person, like, mm -hmm. just turn it on whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. But yeah, that, that's it. I mean, I just I, I, I like seeing those and we'll get like one scene maybe every episode. So, huh. yeah. 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 So as you're leaving, they they run into Lenny Serks. The Lone Shark, who in the comics was a supervillain named Lone Shark. <laughs> but it's spelled L-O-N-E like he's a lone shark. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I see. Like he works alone just by himself. Yes, but he's also a lone shark like this guy. Um, he, he, His superpowers was he had a super suit that was shark themed. 
Oh. He's only All right, it's probably for the best that he didn't have that shark-themed suit in this episode. <laughs> Are you sure? Because <laughs> it would have been awesome! I guess that's true. If all of his powers come from the suit, then we could have seen an actual super fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... He's only made two appearances in the comics. One was in the, to fight Luke Cage in two, June of 2009's Marvel Assistant-Sized Spectacular Number 2. Because comics are weird. <laughs> I had to double check if that was the actual title. And it was. <laughs> I did, uh, number I, two. I, okay. I couldn't find the reason why it was called assistant size. Was it smaller? Was it bigger? And they just assumed the assistants would read it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. <laughs> yeah. And um, the actor, Brett Azar, has been in two sci-fi movies that our audience might care about. He was he played a T eight hundred in Terminator Genesis, which was the most recent um crappy Terminator movie, and he's also going to play a T eight hundred in the upcoming crappy Terminator movie Dark Fate. Hey, I am super excited for that one. Actually, you know what? I didn't totally hate Genesis. I might be the only person. Oh no, I enjoyed it too for the most part. Yeah, like I I, I the... thought they had some fun with it and changing things up, but yeah, yeah I mean I liked it. Yeah, so I'll have to rewatch it again and see if I could pick out him as a T-800. Probably won't remember to do that. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. His second appearance as Lone Shark was in, like, Jessica Jones comic in 2018. So, like, way after this. Oh, (laughs) okay. Gotcha. After he had, after the character had its uh, nice TV debut. It's darn yeah, rule. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Jessica, I feel like just wanted to beat these guys down. <laughs> yeah, you know when you're just when you're just in that mood, you you yeah you, you gotta you gotta get relieve some stress, right? You gotta calm down a bit. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I but, mean, uh, um, at, at least hmm? go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. At least uh, Luke was calm, right? Like he was the uh, we're broad daylight. That means uh, cops potentially, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least he yeah. was he was thinking through it. Well, that's what I was thinking because he's. I mean, spoiler alert: he's been in prison before. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Um. So he probably doesn't want to go back. Yeah, there's definitely that. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's other stuff too, but we won't get to any of that backstory until we get to uh, season one of Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bad enough that I spoiled that a little bit, but it's not a huge deal. They kind of reveal yeah, it think... real early on. Yeah, I, I was about to say I think it was like episode one of that show, right? Yeah, or no? I don't know. I haven't watched that for a long time. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, <laughs> someday. You're right. <laughs> so when they return to Jessica's apartment. Um, or no, later that night when Jess is, um, he comes back to Jess's appointment after finding out about Malcolm tells him about Kilgrave and whatnot. Um, he uses the best pickup line, which if I were single, I'm sad I'm not single just so I don't have a chance to use this pickup line. But it's like, you are a hard drinking, short fused mess of woman, but you are not a piece of shit. 
I think that would really work in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess depending on the type of bar, um yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably <laughs> the type of woman. <laughs> that that's true, yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely it definitely has a time and place type of uh, pickup line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so before we move on to them actually looking for Antoine, is there anything else you want to cover? No, I, I've got nothing for uh, for this. We've hit everything I wanted to. All right. So yeah, they um, Jess has the mission to find Antoine and get him out first because she's afraid the information will implicate her. Since she's doing everything not to tell Luke what she did to Riva. Mm-hmm. I mean that works out later, but anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so they follow uh, not Antoine, the guy who's trying to claim the Xbox One, <laughs> to a warehouse. Um. First of all, we find out this guy is like Antoine's partner, right? In this pot growing operation. Uh huh. Is, is he just trying to steal Antoine's Xbox? You know, that's a good question. I didn't think about that at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that very well might be what happened. <laughs> he he picked up Antoine's phone. He, wait, Jessica there had was to no leave a message. To, yeah, there was no reason for him to even pick up Antoine's phone. Because Antoine was yeah. free. Hmm. What a dick. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah, they go into one of literally thousands of empty warehouses in Hell's Kitchen, which my understanding is Hell's Kitchen isn't actually that big, so there must be problems. Uh, well, you know, I mean, they they're in a different timeline from us, right? So maybe in their version, Hell's Kitchen is three square miles and it's half empty warehouses. Yeah. Also, a lot of people left after the Battle of New York. They just rebuilt all these warehouses, and no one moved in. That's that's true. I would probably leave too if I were in that position. Yeah. So um, they go in and find the pot, and uh, Luke approves. This is good herb. Mm-hmm. And then the two uh, Rottweilers come out. And the first thing I think was, I hope they don't bite Luke because it will break their teeth. <laughs> would it? Well, I mean. Yeah, if they're biting down with the force of how much a Rottweiler bites down into essentially steel, I think it would break their teeth, or at least crack them and hurt them. Okay, so th- this is a question that I don't really know about, I guess, Luke's power, his his mm-hmm. invulnerability. Um, does his skin still feel like skin? Like, if you touch it, is it kind of soft? but you just can't break through the skin? Because that's how I had assumed it was. I didn't think it was, like, like hard, like like a rock or something. Well, I I mean, I I think you're right. I think it is soft, but you bite down with the force to break through skin, and the skin doesn't break, that force has to go somewhere. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and the poorest dog's mouth, which he literally, he later says he didn't he doesn't hurt dogs. So... Which is good. I'm assuming he just got them really high. I don't know what he did to those dogs. It's his shoe. <laughs> I I assumed he picked them up and like put them into a room and then 
I mean, they probably did try biting him a few times. It just didn't work out for them. Yeah, it's true. Or he did like three stooges and tried to knock their heads together. <laughs> or that, yeah. It's comic book logic, so knocking them out wouldn't hurt them in any way. Unlike in real life. Exactly, yeah. So, um, we get to the fight in the growing room with Cirque's men show up. And, um... For someone as paranoid as Jessica Jones, the fact that they followed him there is really surprising. But even without his uh, super shark suit, Cirque's almost overpowers Luke. He gets him in the chokehold. Yeah, um, I mean, he he's a big guy. We definitely see that. I mean, to be fair, they're both big, but... Um, mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. in this world he was bit by a radioactive shark. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, you get bit by a shark. There's usually signs. Like scales and stuff like that. <laughs> That's... Hmm. Yeah. Wait, do sharks have scales? Sharks have scales. Fit all okay. fish do. Alright, I, I guess I'm thinking... I guess they're really small scales. I'm, I'm pro- I was probably thinking, oh, sharks are large, so they would be bigger. Like, more... Like, easily easier to see like on a lizard or something but never mind okay all right yeah so jessica kind of runs out on with antoine as as luke is potentially losing the fight but luke just throws a table at the guys and it's not a big deal <laughs> mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah and then they they get the uh the file and find out that guy was drunk but he's still driving so Luke goes to murder him. Uh, at a minimum, he should try to get him fired. But all right, I guess murder is a it's a it's a bit of a step step too far. But OK, all right. You know what? Everyone has their own priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess earlier when he didn't want to get the cops involved, it's just like he didn't want to get the cops involved until after he killed the guy he was going to kill. Yeah. So yeah, so Jessica stops him and uh, tells the truth that she killed the wife. And he takes back the awesome um, pickup line. And she is a a piece of shit. (sighs) And considering he was about to murder the other guy, she got off really light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Um, So I gotta say, throughout the entire episode, Jessica really did want to tell Luke. Like there were a lot of times where she almost did. And mm-hmm. I mean, eventually, you know, it took until now where she did, where someone was almost murdered. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's also really hard to tell him that too. Cause does he still not believe in kill Kilgrave and like his, his I, type I, of power? I, mean, I think he does. Or, I, well, I guess he does because he's like he acts like he believes it, but that might just be to sleep with Jessica again. <laughs> okay, because I mean he also had that conversation with Malcolm, and it's possible yeah. we didn't see it all, right? So, well, yeah, I'm assuming that Malcolm told him, and then he went up to sleep with Jessica, while because he said he knows about the Kilgrave stuff. Oh, okay, that's right. Huh, okay. But after that joyous episode, I think we're done other than uh, rating it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? 
No, no, I'm I'm good. That uh that episode is um making me glad that we talk about these at nighttime. It's not like like I don't listen to this uh podcast episode like on my way to work in the morning. So uh listeners if you, Yeah, exactly. If you do that, I am so sorry um, for that whole depressing episode and I don't remember the rest of the season, but um it might still be like this for a while. If I remember correctly, because this was episode six of 12, 13, six of 13. Uh, yep. All right. It gets better eventually. I mean, life and uh, the show, like happiness. It's a good show. It's a quality show. I'm not saying it's a bad show. Just not the <laughs> most lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is what we're used to from the MCU, right? All the other things, all the movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which are Again, the as, only things we've least, covered so far. But yeah. I mean, that's the real benefit of the MCU as a whole is no matter what flavor you're interested in, you can get exactly the tone you want eventually. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's kind of a a pick and choose sort of deal. Yeah. Except for us. We don't get to pick. We just get to live it (laughs) more than once. Rewinding. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. All right. All right. So before we sign off, Al, would you like to rank the episode? Sure. Uh, what are we using to rank it? How many fake Xbox Ones would you give this episode? <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Okay. Because I, I enjoyed the stuff um, as far as different storyline bits. It was, it was nice. It, still sort of kind of linked up with the overarching storyline of the of the season, but it still was different. And so we got like some extra stuff. Uh, Luke Cage came back, which is cool. Love seeing him around in the episode. Saw Jessica doing cool private eye type of things. Um, there were some, you know, really low uh, depressing scenes. So, you know, got to take away some points for that. But um, otherwise, overall, you know, enjoyable. Good show. Good episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it a, a four, so pretty similar. Um, for the same reasons, I do... like These are like the side quest episodes. This one and the 99 uh, Friends episode, when the woman's trying to get revenge for the Battle of New York. is like, they have to do a little bit with the main storyline, but they're their own thing. And it, I like shaking it up a little bit, because, you know, we're, we've been spoiled by S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. They shake it up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they do. All right, cool. Well, then, in that case, good to uh, close it out. Yeah. All right, everyone. Cool. So this has been the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for season one, uh, episode six of uh, Jessica Jones, a.k.a. You're a Winner. Uh, Please join us next week when we will be covering episode seven titled a.k.a. Top Shelf Perverts. Uh, and please (laughs) remember to when I kept saying ladies night a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I really wanted to make a joke, but I had nothing. Uh, anyway, um, everyone else, please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind. And please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast app is. And also, you know, tell your friends, family, loved ones, enemies, et cetera, et cetera, about the show. Because, you know, we, we, we'd like to grow and get more feedback around around this and to improve and etc you know all that fun stuff anyway this is the marvel cinematic rewind signing off
Have a marvelous day.